0: This is the Bloody
1: Disgusting
0: Podcast Network.
1: I think that massive doses of Videodrome signal will ultimately produce and control hallucination to the point that it will change human reality. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more
2: with your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio.
3: I'm Leo. I'm Lauren.
2: I'm Trevor, and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 187. This time around, you are joined by actors Emma Horvath and Trey Tucker, stars of the new horror thriller, What Lies Below, at time of release on VOD Now. They'll talk about the art of creating an anxiety-laced mystery, working with live eels, developing characters with secrets that leave you hanging on as they unravel. Hear about their horror firsts and Emma's latest adventure in another spectacular film called The Mortuary Collection, which we also strongly recommend, and so much more.
3: Episode 187 starts now. This is Emma Horvath.
4: And this is Trey Tucker.
3: You are listening to another terrifying episode of... The Boo Crew. Do you always lock the doors when you sleepwalk? I saw you walk into the lake towards this light.
4: I'm pretty dry.
0: I love him so, so much. So, so He's not normal. So, so so.
4: If we're gonna be a family, we have to learn how to forgive and forget. Right, Libs?
3: Get off of him!
1: that's all we need another victim crawls onto the gurney for a boo crew autopsy
2: joining the boo crew in the speakeasy studio are two inspiring performers and masters of their craft check this out she is an exciting young actor holding a degree from harvard university's drama school in fact she made her debut feature just a few short years ago while still a student in 2017 with blumhouse's like share follow then another blumhouse picture the gallows act II. she had an insane 2020 was truly unforgettable in this year's impeccable the mortuary collection katherine hardwick's series don't look deeper and much more on the way her choices on screen and her approach to characters is disarming, intuitive, and wholly original. It makes her mesmerizing to watch. Also here with us is a two-time award-winning actor whose first feature was also in 2017. Peter Chelsom's acclaimed film *The Space Between Us* followed that up with a multi-award-winning short *A Midwestern Methamphetamine Fairy Tale*. I mean, this thing won over 40 prizes, accruing at least 18 nominations. He also co-starred in *The Matchmaker's Playbook*. This year, brought along a role in Rod Lurie's *The Out*. Post alongside Orlando Bloom, Caleb Landry Jones, and Scott Eastwood, and we can't wait to see what he's up to next. Here to talk about their brand new film, What Lies Below. It's new on VOD right now. We are honored to welcome its stars, Emma Horvath and Trey Tucker. Yeah! Yeah. Congratulations on this amazing piece of work. I wanted to start off by diving into what your very first memorable experiences as a viewer were in the horror genre. Emma, you go first.
3: Well, I grew up not being allowed to watch a lot of movies and TV. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. college that I caught up on all the thing, all the naughty things I wasn't supposed to watch in college. I, I took a, like a film class. And the only thing that would fit my schedule was a, uh, was horror film. And I was like, if I'm honest, I wasn't like too excited. <laughs> <laughs> But I ended up like really falling in love with the with the genre and all like the like really interesting scholarship that's been written about mo- horror movies and the social commentary that comes with all of them, and uh, yeah, and then that led to working briefly for Blumhouse, so, like writing coverage for them, and then being in a couple of their movies. And yeah, that's oh oh sorry, the question was <laughs> what's a memorable horror experience, right? So I saw Videodrome, Crona. Video drum in in that class, and I remember like absolutely hating it when I first saw it, and then coming back to it like two months later, and working my way through all of Cronenberg's like eighties, nineties canon with Shivers and uh, Scanners, and like all of his like The Fly, and all of that, and just like falling in love with the genre and him in particular.
4: And how about you, Trey? I don't really remember my the first time I was sort of captured by it. I was a bit like Emma. I grew up extremely religious. And so that was something that, you know, we, um, we didn't watch the devil's movies and, uh, so we weren't really, we didn't, I didn't really do any of that until I guess really after college. And, um, I think I was in LA already and trying to start working and all of that, and it was pretty early on that I, I think I watched, I think it was Insidious or something like that. I think it was one of the, uh, no, 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 sorry, sorry. The Conjuring, the first one. And I remember it was after that, I don't know how many, but I spent a good two months getting really high and watching a horror movie every night before I went to bed. And I, and I was like, and I, and I, and I slept very well so which is a good it's a good indicator uh, that i'm I'm on a good path towards psychopathy which is my life goal so yeah i think the conjuring was the first time i saw of a horror movie where i was i i thought yes it has it has all those elements but uh but man it's just a great story and like oh that's cool you can do that because you do kind of hear the tropes when you Uh, every you know every actor's got to do a shitty horror movie before they make it and you know these kind of things but so it's unfortunate that it has that that kind of maybe feeling around it because they can be very very good and tell very very compelling stories and then also have these elements that are you know really captivating and then i but it was after that and i just kind of went on a big binge and all this and all these kind of things that i just like like, man, people make a lot of different types of horror movies. And so many of them are very, very good. And uh, yeah, I was a fan after that.
2: Now, Emma, you've played quite a bit in genre films. What are the things you like about storytelling in the horror space as an actor?
3: As an actor? They're hard. I think most people like forget like, how, how hard like technically like, being scared is and sustaining that for, for a long time. My background is in theater, so there there really aren't that many plays that I can think of where you spend like the majority of the time just frightened. You know, that was very new and challenging when I first started working in in, in film. It's hard to do well, and then like script wise, I think I think they're it's fun to write within parameters, and I think most genre movies are like okay, the budget has to be like this this small, <laughs> and we have three locations. <laughs> And this is our effects budget. And like, I think writing within those parameters must be like kind of fun, trying to make something compelling and then meeting all those uh, demands of the genre. Probably makes you be more creative, right? If you don't yeah. have a huge budget, I feel like lots of movies are super creative when they don't have a bunch of money to fall back on.
2: And Trey. Your previous work includes thriller and sci-fi, but on this project, you get to really delve into the deliciousness of mystique and mystery and leaning into all sorts of aspects of this complex character that holds on to us all the way through. Talk about the fun of that opportunity, what it was like to build John Smith.
4: Yeah, I think the, the, the nice thing about doing it was that in the script, there's not really anything about him. There's not really anything explicit you know uh, if you go and you know read some other things you know three sisters or glass menagerie or something there's a lot that's given to you about like tons that's given to you about the people and, and brad didn't really do that when he wrote this and not, for john smith and so he was very nice in that he would let me just come up with things that i felt were helpful for for the different scenes that we had to do history thoughts um opinions about things and then he was very good at kind of helping me shape that stuff and in a way that made the scenes work and so i would say that's really what made it very fun because there was a lot of liberty to say i kind of think that he thinks this way about this moment and because of these reasons and brad Be able to say yeah that's great like let's try this try this way and and i guess for me like i don't know that they are to me it's not um wildly different than than doing something else it's you know i was a carpenter for several years like three or four years and made my money doing that and i you know the the drill does one thing the hammer does one thing the skill saw does one thing but you can build an infinite number of things with those things and that's kind of how i th- i think the the preparation felt for me it's what does a person want why does he want it and and then you can you just keep adding layers to that based on that particular moment that you're in and it becomes very sort of rich and delicious to play with, and you can try different things. And so that was kind of what it was like for me. But it, and it was really, really helpful to have Brad because he just gave us a lot of freedom to, to play it and was really good about kind of reminding us where the guardrails were for the scenes and for the characters. But other than that, he kind of let us do a lot of moving about, so it was real fun.
2: Yeah, I love the audience gets to be a part of the mystery by reveling in that ambiguity of what's going on. But at the same time, there's a breadcrumb trail of clues as to what's going on there for us as as well. Was there a Bible for you kind of provided of exactly who this character is, the origins and everything like that, that we don't necessarily get
4: to see? Yeah, no, no. Brad was way too lazy to do that. So, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's like like the most, Brad's like the most unlazy person I've met in a long time. But he no, he hadn't done that, and, and I think that was his choice because he kind of he kind of wanted me. He gave me some basics. There were he definitely had uh, he didn't say just you know well whatever you think. He had some ideas about it, and he had some big, like uh, some very clear big ideas. And then he said, but uh, but other than that, here here again, here's kind of the fishbowl that you can play in, and then. Anything inside of that is probably going to be good. And, and I'll tell you if, it, if it's serving or not the, the scenes that we have to do.
2: Oh, that's what a really cool opportunity, man. Oh, yeah. Th- this film has a very broad scope and it feels huge, but is it is an extraordinarily intimate experience for you guys and the viewer. Here we are isolated in the woods with a very small group of only three people. Emma, what, what are the creative advantages to working with such a close ensemble and what does that bring out?
3: Well, if you get lucky, you work with like <laughs> people you like to be around. One yeah. big thing is that it, Trey and I are, are still really good friends, and we got along really, really well. <laughs> Thank God. And you, when you're working so close with just like three actors, you have to form friendships you know, c- kind of no matter what. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's the biggest delightful advantage for me is that you spent you get to know people much better than maybe on a set where there's like more characters and people are sort of popping in for a week or two days or whatever and Trey and I were for like the full month doing this. So.
1: Emma, yeah, you play uh Liberty, the daughter to Mina Savari's character, Michelle. How did you get into the headspace of playing a younger character? What were some of the challenges, if any?
3: The challenges, uh I think um, most of the jobs I've had have, have been high school age teenagers. That level of it was fine. It was, it was the first time I was playing someone with like obvious social, the awkwardness was a big part of Brad's script. And it was referred to a lot, at least in the first draft of it. And at our first table read, I think I think I went a little too far, like leaned a little too far into the awkwardness. And there was like a bit of a discussion of pulling it back a little bit. That was probably the biggest challenge It's like it, it's kind of I always loved like socially scented characters or like characters that have a bit of a Peter Pan complex. And uh, I was like chewing the scenery a little bit too much with, <laughs> with the awkwardness. So that, I guess that's the challenge because it's too fun to to lean into that. I was just going to talk about the lake house, how beautiful mm-hmm. the scenery is. Where was that filmed? Uh, lake George up in upstate New York. It was my, my first time being there. I don't know about but it's very beautiful. And then all all the houses we shot in were these like big historic weird houses that had a bunch of random, you know, like dead animal heads on the walls.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, there was one, one big house that that really did most of the interiors that we had to do and then a different for outside. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. Like you just want to, you want to like lay down and, you know, pull a big blanket over you and, get a, a cup of coffee or a bowl of chili and lay down until you see all of the animal heads in this room. <laughs> where we and then you're like, no nah, man, th- this is, this is exactly how these movies start. You know? <laughs>
0: exactly.
4: and, uh, right. I'll tell you one thing I've always wanted to, I, I've, I've wanted to do it. And it made me think about that a couple times when we were there was, I would love to do a horror movie and I, and I forgive me if I'm, it, I'm sure it's been done and I just haven't come across it. But doing a horror movie about a group of people making a horror movie and where it all start it all starts kind of going awry and all of the things that they're that's kind of what it felt like at some moments. You're like, um, am I safe? Right. <laughs> I don't
3: know. Did anything know. creepy happen there that you were like, wait, maybe this place is haunted? I I wouldn't say anything creepy, but there was this like balcony on the second floor, and there were these like seven children's beds just there when we came. It was we shot like almost in winter; it was like right before Christmas. It was very eerie. Wow, maybe seven floors or something.
4: And they all had handcuffs connected like (laughs) onto them. It was weird. dude. (laughs) The Boo Crew will be right back.
0: This is
1: your action news reporter here in the lobby of the theater where they're showing the new horror movie, But The situation here is bedlam. People are running out of the audience, screaming in terror. Several people have fainted already. And here comes another one, hysterical.
0: No, they're on me! They're on me! Take them away! Take them away!
1: What? Excuse me, miss. What do, what do you mean they're on you? The Bud!
0: They're crying on me! Please! No! Oh, now
1: now the management has taken her away, trying to calm her down, and we've already sent for a doctor. I felt it on my neck! It's in my hair!
2: The police are here. Ambulances have come around everywhere. Paramount
1: Pictures presents Bug. From William Castle, who gave you Rosemary's baby. Bug. In color, rated PG, parental guidance suggested.
2: You're talking about leading into that tension, Emma, and that kind of chemical reaction that your character has when combined with both her mom and with John. That. And it adds a whole other layer when it combined with John and your mom together, and you're constantly kind of seeming like this powder keg ready to go off. Were there any exercises off screen that help build that tension between John and Liberty in particular, or is that something you're able to just jump into whenever they yell action?
3: We didn't, I, Trey. I, remind me if I'm wrong. I don't think we we didn't do anything specific. Um,
4: I exercised a lot. I- <laughs> <laughs> no no i don't i don't think we did like i mean that's kind of your job as a performer is to be able to have all the have all of your assets ready to go on the inside and jump in and you know i've been very very fortunate with some of the uh, friends that i've that i have in the in the business and Funny, like I've you know, been able to visit sets in different times with people who are doing some really incredible performances. And that's always been something that's been impressive to me is like you have to be able to all of your work has to already be done by the time you get there. And so when it's time to go, there can be things like that we'll do. Like, I, I think I don't remember any specific, but there might be things that we, ha- we did that were like Emma would maybe go in a different room first and then and then like do her thing and then come in and deal with me instead of like us interacting in between just to kind of make it so it didn't feel at all like we had been having a conversation. But I mean, other than that, I think the us being friends and enjoying each other's company outside of work made it very, very easy to be comfortable with wh- whatever was demanded in, uh, when we got on, uh, in front of the camera. I don't know if that's how you felt, and I don't want to speak for yeah. you, of course, but that's kind of, that's how I remember it.
3: Yeah, I, I think the only danger with that is that if I'm supposed to be hating him for the majority of the movie, you know, it becomes tougher, you know, to be creeped out by someone who you spend so much time with than you are friends with. But yeah, I think we, we managed fine. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, I mean, certainly managed. Yeah. The movie plays
1: out with a lot of mystery uh, throughout, but with hints sprinkled along the way, did either of you know the ending of the movie while shooting or did Braden keep any part of the script from either of you?
3: We, I think we both read it before we had the job.
4: Yeah, he gave us the whole thing up front and we had, and and so we knew how it was going to go.
2: Talk to us about the amazingly shot and painfully creepy shower scene. It's perfectly shot, almost like a split yes. screen. Was there yeah. a lot of choreography involved and was it hard to get just right as as it's really a very nuanced ballet almost <laughs> that little scene.
3: Yeah, no, I I yeah, that that was a lot of choreography. I think mainly for me, I think Trey just had to sort of walk in at a certain time, and you know they told him when to come in. But there was it was tough there. for me too,
4: Emma. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, the water—I remember in that in that old house, you know, the water had been sitting in the pipes, and it was so cold. Like when we shot it, I think actually shooting it was fine, but like getting ready to do it was was quite involved. Like there was like, okay, the camera can't be so far, you know, because the water is going to hit it, and then like, oh, we can only show this, and then and then like the shower yeah there was a lot of setup and then the actual shooting it was very very quick
2: now what about for you i I mean trey because you're doing a number of things right you're 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 timing it when you walk in the door you're grabbing a couple things you're acting kind of creepy you're going up against the shower curtain there's kind of a interplay there was that anything in particular challenging to work on
4: brad gave me basically the beats that he wanted and then i think we just did it a couple times and it happened to, to land really well and that was it and which was really kind of kind of lucky i think i don't remember emma maybe you do i don't i don't remember there being any queuing there might have been
3: like l- wait a few beats come in and then you had your and your own thing and then,
4: yeah and i, oh, I think man. the only thing we had to get right that we we had to cue a couple times was Uh, the comment was my coming in because they wanted that to happen at a very specific point of this action that you had. So, but I think once we got that, the rest of it was kind of just have some fun with it. And Brad liked it. So we kind of lucked out.
2: Were there any scenes in particular than your minds that stood out as something that took a while to nail just perfectly?
3: There was the, I mean, the beat where Trey grabs or John grabs Liberty period, Yeah, that took a, and I think all parts of that scene, I think were shot over a couple of days. We didn't shoot the whole thing in one day. So was, we were on the lake. And then I think another day we had, you know, we had sort of like lost the light. So like the next day we had to not do it on the lake, but have the boat, like like cheat some of it, you know, so we're actually in the boat. And then some of the grabbing, actually, I had to do like on my own without Trey, Is we had like eels, like real eels that couldn't be there for a couple days. So yeah, we, we kept coming back to that scene, several points in the shooting schedule.
4: Mm -hmm. When you watch that, there's obviously they have these really pretty wide shots of us kind of rowing through the water,
2: Mm -hmm. but then
4: anytime that it's, you see us close, we're sitting in the boat on the land, like they have, you know, and, and then they had, they had us on like a track so they could kind of get a little movement in it that was one that kind of felt a little funny just because it felt like, you know, when you're, when you're, you know, you're, you're six and seven years old and you build a fort that's a boat with your brother and sister and you have to like save them from, from the shark or whatever. And you're just like on the carpet, but it was, uh, so it was a little, uh, but it was fun. I would say the one from, for me that felt like it took the longest was the, I guess what they call the James Bond coming out of the water in the beginning, because that water was like I mean it was barely above freezing it was maybe 35 36 degrees and they had divers that went in and got anything dangerous off of the the bottom of the of the lake bed but it was still it's not like a sandy uphill it's very very rocky so I'm trying to look very smooth and graceful but under the surface I mean I'm, I'm like it's like walking on Legos, right? It's not, oh, it's not God. going well. Oh. And, uh, and so they, you know, I'd be kind of walking and it'd be going well. And then I would just hit something and, ah, and, and have to do it over or whatever. And so, and it was, it was very, very cold. It was very cold. And we kept, and Brad kept being like, Hey, uh, can, Trey, I'm sorry. Can we get one more? I'm like You owe me a bottle of Obon 14 for one more. And then, uh, we did that a few times. He never, he never actually paid me any of that. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, but that would be the one, I mean, it was fun because everybody, like we, we, we know what we're doing. We know that it's going to take a bit. It's like, they were fine with me kind of like mouthing off, you know, humorously or whatever in between takes. And, uh, but that was the one that was probably the felt like it was the longest. It probably was like 30, 45 minutes, but it felt much longer than that to me.
2: So you were mentioning the eels. What was the other, I mean, like algae eating things, were those real? Were the centipedes real? How much of it was was actual animal life and how much of it wasn't?
3: Centipede was a toy, like a children's, you know, I remember that. And then, yeah, instead of lampreys, we we had to use eels, I think for fear of the lampreys actually attaching if we were to use them. And they brought like 40 eels that day and kept them in a tank just for that Mm -hmm. one shot it's sort of like between, between my legs and uh that was interesting because they they were jumping out of the the tanks that they brought them in we were shooting them like, was like ah, they're, <laughs> they're escaping i don't yeah I, I don't know what would compel them to jump out of the water onto yeah, it was very odd you both
1: had some scenes with cg effects what was the experience like acting to things that you couldn't see were special costumes uh makeup or prosthetics used for these scenes
4: for me it wasn't a big deal you can just you're kind of used to doing things in your imagination anyway you know you kind of that's kind of your job you know there's you're already pretending that there's not 20 people out here with a camera and all of that so it kind of that headspace kind of translates pretty well into things that aren't really there.
2: Emma what was it like working with uh, Mina Savaris had such a wide breadth of experience what sorts of things did you learn from working with her?
3: That was awesome I think we shot it two years ago. And at that point, I, I had done a few movies, but I'd never worked with someone who's who had been acting for that long. And for, for such a long time. Yeah, I know, she was she was very protective, particularly like with safety things. I'm a little more reckless and don't really think about that. I'm like, <laughs> I was used to like, okay, like, oh, you know, put a noose around my neck. That's fine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So she like, she, there were moments where we were getting ready to shoot and she's like, wait, like what, (laughs) like, let's make sure this is safe, which I, I I wouldn't have even thought twice to ask. I don't think. So that was really nice. And, uh, yeah, there were moments where, where she's like, this is your job. This is not your job. That was kind of nice to hear, you know, sometimes when you're, I guess whenever you're a young actor, you're not really sure about how things are like normally go, I guess. And, um. Uh, particularly on, like, low budgets, things things can go wrong all the time, you know? So I, I don't think I was really, like, sure how things normally went yet.
2: Did you have any favorite scenes with Mom?
3: With Nina? Towards the end, when we're sort of, like, running around the house, like, in the, the mess of the climax, you know, that was a really cold night, and we had to sort of, like, shower together and do it again, and sh- shower together and do it again. And that was that was kind of bonding where like it was it was physically kind of draining and having an older sort of mom to be like this is uncomfortable (laughs) was yeah
2: what does the story of this film speak
4: to in your mind this might be a little elevated sounding but i i think it's the story of um it's two people who really need the love that the other one has to give to them and they don't quite know how to access it and something else comes in and takes advantage of that and that's kind of what I, I think ultimately happens. It's also really, really creepy. So it's those two <laughs> <Yeah>. things. <laughs> so, and Emma, how yeah. about you?
3: Oh, gosh. Well, two things. I think, like, uh, careful who you fall in love with. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: and the, the second part, I think, especially for my character, is, like, the, the frustration of knowing something is a danger and having no one believe you i think that's like universally kind of relatable i think most people have things like oh it's not that bad don't freak out too much about this this is not a problem and then
0: uh
2: what are we going to be able to see you guys both next in i know you guys are both filming right now or at least recently i know you were trey and there's rumors of projects you're involved with coming up emma
3: i'm currently shooting the, the the lord of the rings series the new prequel very excited about that
4: amazing i'm in atlanta doing a show for stars called heels about professional wrestling and so we're we're on a break right now but we come back in january to keep filming and hopefully you guys like it we're busting our asses to do it so literally we're doing all the wrestling ourselves so or most of it and uh so it's been really fun but yeah that's yeah that's been uh and we're trying to really honor it, too. So that I think we, we're really, really hoping that above everyone, love, we hope everyone watches the show. You always do. But we really hope that wrestling fans appreciate it because we're really trying to respect all that and see how it goes.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Oh, We're so yeah, stoked that's to
1: great. see that,
4: man. That's great.
1: What era of wrestling are you guys uh, working on? Is it like the more modern day or is it like back in the 80s? Or- yeah, I
4: mean, it's all it's all set, it's set to today. It's all set in today. But, uh, but we do... I mean, you'll see even some of the photos and stuff, we give nods to the, you know, the 90s and the 2000s kind of, and and even some stuff before then, you know, and uh, different eras of of it. And so it's set, but it's set right now. And uh, it's just a little podunk fictional Georgia town and about a group of people who really, really love wrestling and how that passion kind of affects their lives together. So it's fun.
2: And then oh, before cool. we go before we go for horror fans everybody's just been devouring the mortuary collection and yes. everyone's yeah. talking about your incredible character Sandra who's an incredibly different <laughs> different character from Liberty <laughs> yeah. obviously yeah. just quickly how was your experience diving into Sandra and doing the mortuary collection
3: Oh I'm I'm glad people are enjoying the movie cuz it was it was such a like delight to make it's such, like, a visual feast for the guys. Like, I think that that was probably the most fun part of that project because everything was so specific. And Ryan is so specific and, and like, it, everything is so stylized. So it's a lot less about, I think, like, what is the character thinking? And it's more of, like, okay, this, how is this going to look or how is this going to feel yeah that was delicious that movie
2: yeah no total eye candy that frat house looked beautiful on the inside my god God.
3: (laughs) it was that that, that house like we we had like makeup set up on the second floor and there was part of the floor that we couldn't walk on that house was like basically condemned it was like falling oh my god so it looked like a movie but it was like yeah falling apart
2: Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you all for doing it, man. Taking time to talk to us. Hey, no problem at all, man. It's an honor. That was the Boot Crew Podcast, episode 187. Special thanks to our guests, Emma Horvath and Trey Tucker. Follow Emma at M-H-L-N-H-R-V-T-H and at Trey Tucker on Instagram and see what lies below. A time of release new on VOD now.
3: Production tracks for this episode provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time it's the Boo Crew saying Sweet Screams.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of The Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at Crew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on